Hi, Josh. I think I'm just gonna. I think that's how we should start the show now. Is I'm just gonna say, "How do you, Paul?" Okay. I don't know. I still don't really know how to start this show. Don't question it. You've got a good thing going now. I. That's Carry also. That that's momentum. also part of what we do every every time. Yeah, it is. I compliment it's, you, and you. I question it. <laughs> yeah, you. You do that. I question it and everything else, but. Mm-hmm. Welcome yeah. back, Paul. There's a lot of solipsism in this podcast that we have to edit out. A lot of what? Solipsism. It's questioning whether or not the world around you exists. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. It's a new word for me. Yeah. Well, Where'd you learn that? Philosophy class. I was going to say, that sounds like one of those philosophy major things. Yeah. Philosophy? Did Philosoph- I say philosophy? <laughs> philosophy. That was what you had to call it when you went to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, you- professor, I need to go philosophy. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't let you. No. Nope. You weren't allowed to go philosophy poop, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's just cruel. Is there a Greek word for that very specific instance? I don't know. I failed Greek. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. One of the only class, well, the only class in my entire life that ever (laughs) failed. Normally, I'm an A, B, occasional C student, but yeah, I got a straight up F in Greek. Wow. Or uh, I don't know what the Greek equivalent of that is. I don't think there is one. Maybe there is. I don't uh, know. I think I only failed one. One. I failed one or two classes in college, and I think there were classes where I realized I don't give a shit about this class. And I don't even need it to graduate, so I didn't. I didn't go. What, what classes were those? Uh, I feel like one of them was like human geography, and another one was like it might have been calculus. <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember doing very poorly in calculus. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a computer science major anymore. Fuck this class. And then I uh, stopped going and didn't care. So. Amen. That's why I have an art degree. Yeah. Look at us now. We're both got so much money. We're loaded. Yeah. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about outbidding us in poker or whatever. (laughs) Or at an art auction. Yeah. eBay. Yeah. I set that maximum bid as high as it'll go, baby. Is there a maximum bid you can do on eBay? I don't know. I don't but you can't set your highest bid. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought like maybe like somebody was like, somebody can bid on this, but I'm going to cap it at $10 because anything past that is <laughs> too much. <laughs> I don't want people paying too much for this item. It's not worth that much. But anyway, that's our intro. And now it's time to introduce our guest, a returning guest producer of Journey to the Microcosmos, and host of Commitment, a Muppet podcast. It's our friend Matthew Gatos. Hi, Matt. Hi. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me here in person. Yeah. Oh, we're recording in person this time also. Yeah, I was wow. in my home last time because, you know, pandemic. Yeah. The whole COVID thing. Yeah. But we're all vaccinated and... uh what if this is just like when one of us was like, oh, shit, no, I'm not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you guys believe in that? <laughs> I get which, vaccinated uh, every day. <laughs> which uh, vaccine did you get, Matt? 
Uh, Pfizer. Hey, me too. I yeah. think I also got Pfizer. You don't know? I don't remember. It's been the- so long since I've gotten vaccinated. Yeah, rub it in. Got the card in my wallet to prove it. I do too. My Even though I don't think memory. it really does anything. I don't think anyone's ever going to like come up to me and say, hey, you got your card? Yeah. Also, I think like... Especially in Montana, because no one uh, believes the pandemic is real in this state, pretty no. much. Mm-mm. No. Also, I've, I, don't, I don't know how much of it is like, actually, people are just getting fake ones, and how much of it is just like, the news is just reporting it, and it's inflated to believe that it's a bigger idea. But also, it's just like, well, there's no way for anyone to know that this is real. That's the whole thing now, is like, they're putting the trust in people to say that, like, I'm vaccinated or I am not. And there's like, okay, so you don't have to wear a mask, but if you're unvaccinated, you should wear a mask. And I can tell you, as somebody who goes to stores in Montana, uh, Missoula's vaccination rate is around 60%, maybe not even that high. Uh, But in the stores, it's about 1% of people wearing masks. So I'm going to guess some people are maybe lying about (laughs) uh, being vaccinated. Something's not adding up. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. But also, uh, I don't lose in this situation. I'm I'm probably going to be fine. So, fuck you if you didn't get vaccinated. <laughs> for for Could for, uh, for one of our ten listeners, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> well, only fuck you if you you know didn't get it for a stupid reason. If you can't get it because of a medical reason, then oh, you're yeah. totally cool. Yeah, you're cool. And you can keep listening to this podcast. But everyone else. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and turn this off. Yeah. Get the hell out of here, you piece of shit. You don't get to listen to cool talk with yeah. us. <laughs> this is almost as good as my tirade against teachers in the last episode. <laughs> teachers, I, you also stop listening. <laughs> I I I almost just bleeped out what you said you were gonna do to teachers just to make it seem more crude. Huh. And then I did. I was like, that might be mean to Paul. That would be mean. And I would have never known because I'm not gonna listen to that episode. No. <laughs> So you're not one of the 10 listeners. No, I am not. <laughs> no, he's... I'm a subscriber, so sometimes it'll start playing. And uh, if I'm driving or something... You're like, oh, I'm God, not, turn this off. I'm not going to change I, it. Yeah. Skip, skip, skip. Is that worse for the analytics at the end of the day of, like, somebody being subscribed but never listening? I don't know. I don't know. See, I I have this... So Spotify... I listen to all my podcasts on Spotify. Mm. And now that Spotify is including podcasts in their, like, end-of-year review thing... I want to bump those minutes up as much as it'll go. So I'm always concerned that like when it's the last three minutes of an episode and it's like, okay, this is just like the end where nothing important happens. If I click Marcus played, I don't want it to just like not count those three minutes or not count the other 60 minutes that I listened mm. to because I manually did it. I don't know how it works. I, yeah. But I'm I think very... in- intentionally they hide that kind of information from you so that you don't ever know how it works. But I want to know. I'm li- I'm listening on your platform and I pay you fifteen dollars a month anyway. Just tell me. Fifteen. Is it ten? Yeah. I guess I pay ten dollars. They're a scamming month. you, dude. <laughs> They're like, this guy's made of money. I thought ten was a student price. Maybe they think I'm still a student. I mean, to um, Spotify, to be- I am still a student. If you're listening. Yeah, me too. I have my student email to prove it. <laughs> Wink. As somebody who does not use Spotify. Especially for podcasts, it is uh, it is odd to me that that is such a uh, a big podcast platform these days. I didn't even realize that was really a thing until starting a podcast recently, and everyone was like, "When's it going to be on Spotify?" And I was like, "What? What? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? It's I on mean, all the other things." At least for this show, which gets uh, hardly any listens, uh, it is like it, it flip flops between Apple and Spotify as far as like 
where most of our downloads come from in a month. Yeah, I think uh, Commitment's top listens are on Spotify out of all the sources, mm. which I think that's also like that thing of everyone uses like a different podcast app these days, yep. and like podcatchers as they're called. Um, and so it's also that thing of like, it's like, okay, where did people listen to it? And here's the 25 different places where people are listening to your podcast. Oh, yeah. So, And then some of them are also very weird. Like I remember there was one day where someone I think just downloaded, like one person I'm sure just downloaded a bunch of our, like our entire backlog. Because we had an uptick of like 40 downloads in one day from the source web browser. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, do you mean? think they're pirating it? It's like, what does this mean, web browser? It's so nonspecific and unhelpful. Huh. Do you think but, that was that was Max? Because he, I mean, he told us on his episode how he gets to the podcast. <laughs> he like Googles Josh Tyra. He Googles then, like, my name, goes to my Instagram and then clicks my link tree. <laughs> Wow, that's like the most mom way to find a podcast. Of like, I, I tried to listen to your podcast, but after I googled your name, nothing came yeah. up. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So I have no idea. Also, podcast analytics are just like so unhelpful. Well, that's another thing with like it being across so many platforms is that like you can check the like Apple Podcast analytics, which. They have the best analytics as far as like detailed information of like how long people listen and where are they listening from and all this stuff. But that doesn't account for everyone who's listening on all the other platforms. The other thing, and I don't believe we've hit it, is that you need to hit a threshold. And our show has not hit a threshold where I can look at Apple analytics. Wow. Which is so fun. It's like, I wonder if this will be the month that I could look at Apple. <laughs> they won't even tell you. <laughs> no, we like, you don't have enough listens for us to tell you anything. It's like, all right, thanks, Apple. <laughs> yeah. I, I usually use the Apple podcast app to listen to podcasts and- Boy, that app gets worse. It got so every month. bad a few months ago. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. No, it's terrible now. Like, like I it literally to... won't like load. Yeah. I don't understand how like you're such a big company that podcasts are such a big thing that you pretty much created. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're called podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's become I've almost I've been one of those people who like sticks to Apple Podcasts and is a defender of them. Like, eh, they're, it's fine. And everyone's like, oh my God, it's so terrible. And I'm like, that's eh, fine. And now I'm like, hey, what other podcast apps are people using? <laughs> I, I feel the same way. Like up until like probably, yeah, like two months ago, it was really easy to like, I could at least just go to like my subscribed episodes and like downloaded episodes and go from there. But like all of a sudden it erased all of the ones for podcasts that I'm not subscribed to. So I'm like, well, shit, now I got to search for this podcast that I... Don't want to listen to every episode, but I liked having it there so I could go check and see if there was one that I did want to listen to. And you can't, uh, it's no longer subscribed. You're following a podcast, so they're trying to keep up with Spotify in that way. Uh -huh. But it's also not great because then you can't like delete episodes or mark them as played once you're finished with one. You have to like actually play it through to the end to let it disappear from your feed. Oh, no. Yeah, it's so horrible. <laughs> I mean, do it for our show because we have a fun little thing at the end of our episodes, but still, no. The one thing that I want Apple Podcasts to do is what Spotify does and let me sync it up with my iTunes. I am logged in with the same account. If I am halfway through a show on my phone, mm. I should be able to pick it up on my computer. Yes, you think And so. I cannot do that. No. You cannot say in your most recent Apple event that you are revolutionizing podcasts or whatever the fuck they're saying, if you're not going to do this one feature that Spotify has over you. 
Yeah, the podcast app on the desktop is pretty much useless. Yeah, I mean, like, it I don't, never syncs with anything. No, it doesn't. And I just just do it. I'm halfway through this Doughboys double. Let me listen to it on my computer, and then I go do the dishes. Now I'm gonna do it on my phone. Spotify does it. Your competition does it. <laughs> Apple. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's my shit about <laughs> podcasts. I'm sure you all came here to listen to a podcast about podcasts. It's everyone's favorite. I mean, I'm sure, honestly, podcast apps are probably a fairly opinionated subject. I bet people have their own opinions on it. And you could write to us if you want to. Where can they do that, Paul? Uh, (laughs) Okay, I can get it. NostalgiaEntertainmentSystem at gmail.com. No. (laughs) NostalgiaEntertainment at gmail.com. NESPod at gmail.com. No. Well, what the hell is it called? It's Nostalgia System Podcast at gmail.com. Well, I basically said that. They would have gotten there. <laughs> they would have had Mailer Damon just send them back, <laughs> be like, didn't work, and they'll try again, they'll try again. This is a whole Beach Boys situation, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Did they ever get back to us with that beef? Uh, I don't know. If I'm going to be honest, I haven't listened to the last handful of episodes. Yeah. So, I don't know. Find out someday. But Matt, you have your own podcast. I do. It was a podcast that I believe you teased at the end of the Star I, Wars episode. I think I did. I think I said something like, I'm working on something that I can't announce yet, but maybe it will come out in the future. Yeah. Uh, it was it, was, was uh, Commitment It? Yes, it was. It's an idea that uh, my friend Sam Schultz and I have had for a while. We've been kicking around an idea for some kind of podcast for a long time. It was going to be a Power Rangers podcast. It was going to be a Hey oh. Dude podcast at one point. Uh, a what? A Hey Dude. Oh, I thought you said Hate Dude. No. <laughs> like, what is a Hate Dude? Uh, hey Dude, the old Nickelodeon cowboy show that existed no, in the 90s. Dude. Not know about that. Uh, that's what kind of kind of why we wanted to do it, but then it was like, okay, that's not streaming anywhere. You can't like buy it. <laughs> um, and it was pretty much only because like we wanted to watch this weird show, uh, and we also came up with a weird name for it because if you combined uh, Matt and Sam, it was Ma'am, and so it was me. Hey, Ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> the Hey Dude podcast. Um, <laughs> thankfully, that didn't happen. So yeah, after all this, we had this idea of doing a a Muppet podcast in the back of our heads, and then Disney Plus announced, hey, all seasons of The Muppet Show are going to be coming to Disney Plus in March or April, whenever they did did that. And we were like, oh, well, perfect. This is like, this is the time to do it right now is because, like, we actually can watch some of this stuff. And at the time, the, the plan was kind of like, okay, we'll watch all the movies and all the TV shows, and we'll talk about everything in chronological order. And then, uh, because I'm me, and I'm obsessive, uh, and I think in the first episode of Commitment, I say I'm addicted to consumption, but not in, like, alcohol or drugs type way, <laughs> but in, like, consuming media. Uh, uh, as much as we talked about my Star Wars consumption <laughs> uh, in the last episode of, like, my giant spreadsheet of uh, the entire Star Wars canon. Of which to get you have gotten my girlfriend to just, like... Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I was like, oh, that's funny that you're doing it. Like, wow, Matt... Matt's an influencer <laughs> of one, <laughs> one person. I was, yeah, I, I, I helped Caitlin develop this habit of uh, Star Wars canon uh, deep dives. Uh, even showed her how to make a cool spreadsheet <laughs> to keep track of her own canon percentage. Um, but yeah, because of that's who I am. I was like, well, if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. Uh, we need to do attack everything. Thing the Muppets have ever done. And so I spent, this pretty much became like a part-time job 
uh, at a certain point when we started this podcast where I was spending nights and weekends just going through and going basically pulling the Muppet wiki into a spreadsheet of like literally going Ooh. year by year, finding every episode of everything and putting it into one long spreadsheet. So that way we had everything and I couldn't my biggest fear with it was that we'd like get to like episode 25 and somebody would be like, Oh, you missed something in episode four. And I'd be like, God damn it. Mm. <laughs> and so I've been very thorough with trying to like track down everything we possibly can. Most of which at this point, because we're still in the early years is like illegally acquired on YouTube or archive.org or Vimeo or something where uh, so much of this stuff isn't legally available, but uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I think it's something where I would not uh, suggest it's, I would not suggest <laughs> other people watch everything we watch along with us. We put it out there. We tweet it out to say like, hey, if you want to, you can watch this. But the hope is that we also make the podcast in a way where you don't have to watch the things to still enjoy listening to us talk about it. The older stuff, especially like I like I have not watched any of the stuff, mm -hmm. but like there are so many times I'll be listening and I'll be doing something. And I'm like fuck, I got to stop what I'm doing so I can look up what, what this Muppet looks like. There's so many times like, who the fuck is this Muppet yeah. that I've never heard of? It was, there was, it happened today. Like, I think it was one that Sam hates. Was it Thog? It was Thog. Like, who the fuck is Thog? So I got to like drop everything I'm doing and Google Thog. I was like, oh, okay. There's Thog. <laughs> That's and it. And then I go back to what I'm doing. But there's just like so many times where it's like, oh, I, I have to know who the fuck this Muppet is. Yeah, and that's why, uh, hopefully, like, I think we're learning a lot of that stuff, too, because we haven't watched a lot of this old stuff because we weren't alive by, like, negative 30 years. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, there's also that we were doing, like, weekly Muppet of the Week segments where we do deep dives into specific Muppets like Thog or other characters where we do, like, okay, here's the history of, like, who performed this character when they debuted on what show uh do they canonically have family members do they have fun facts about them and all these things so uh yeah it's one of those things again similar to the star wars stuff where i i maybe would have done this on my own anyways at a certain point but like having an excuse to do it make sure that i'm gonna stick to it and also uh yeah just the completionist in me is very happy with <laughs> the idea that like by the time we get to watching the muppet show in a few episodes i will have seen everything the muppets did before the muppet show and then like understand how they got there which was kind of the crux of the the idea behind the podcast was like we we know we love the muppets but like how did they get to be the muppets and like how did sort of like on the other side of that how they sort of like lost their shine in the last like 10, 15 years. So yeah, and we don't know how long it's going to take us. So we haven't like mapped out how many episodes worth of content we have, but we've, uh, we've called it a lifelong commitment that <laughs> we'll be on of like, we'll just watch them up at things until we run out or until we die. Wow. Yeah. Is there uh, is there much cross crossover? And I, I know a little bit, I guess, um, about it, but I want to hear what you have to say about it. Is there much crossover between Star Wars and the Muppets? Uh, mm, yes and no. There's uh, an episode specifically of the Muppet Show where Mark Hamill is the host. That's what I was thinking. Of, um, yeah. And that one's very Star Warsy, obviously. Uh, and that came like that came about because they were filming the Muppet Show like at the studio next door to where they were filming Empire Strikes Back. Oh, hell yeah. And so they just had C-3PO and R2-D2 and Mark Hamill come on over. Uh, and it was the it was actually the first time anyone saw Luke Skywalker's like jumpsuit thing he wears in uh, Cloud City because like that movie was not going to come out for like another six months to a year or whatever it was. But 
that's the costume he wore on the Muppet show. So like the premiere of Luke Skywalker's like Cloud City outfit was on the Muppet show. That's pretty wild. Uh, I feel like that happens a lot with Star Wars where they just kind of like leak things unceremoniously. Especially back then. They didn't like, give a shit. Like didn't like was it Boba Fett that they revealed like, hey, here's Boba Fett on like the Christmas special or something? Yeah, he existed in the cartoon. Or uh, just like the holiday special, yeah. Yeah, it's like here's just this guy. I was like, what the fuck? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And well, I, also, I don't think they also realized how much he would catch on. Oh, no, not at all. Like, he was just supposed to be, like, an extra background character. And oh, okay. People freaked out and loved him, and now he's got his own show coming out, which was not the plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the other big crossover I think most people would point to would be Yoda. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, I wasn't even thinking about. voiced by Frank Oz, who is the voice of Fozzie and Miss Piggy and Grover and a lot of other Bert and all of them. Uh but Yoda is technically not a Muppet because he was not built or designed by like the Henson company. But Jim Henson was an advisor and then Frank Oz and a woman whose unfortunately name I am forgetting right now uh, was like the assistant puppeteer on that. And she was she worked for the Muppets as well. Mm-hmm. So it was like puppeteered by two people who worked on the Muppet show, advised by Jim Henson on how to make a good puppet uh, so it's like as close to a Muppet as you can possibly get without technically being a Muppet. And then I know for Return of the Jedi, for like Jabba and a bunch of other characters, the people who ended up puppeteering a lot of those were people who worked on the Muppet show and other Muppet things. So it's like there's no like official crossover, I don't think, in any way, aside from like the Mark Hamill episode, but really close, like 1% from being a full on crossover. I think it would have been great if Grover had just been Yoda. <laughs> they should have just had Grover play Yoda. There is a, because uh, again, I know too much about this now. There is a Sesame Street uh, parody thing where they do a monster piece theater parody thing where Cookie Monster is going through different movies and he ends up in like a Star Wars parody where Grover is playing Yoda. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And there's like a little meta joke where Cookie Monster is like, you sound familiar. <laughs> because yeah, you have like, it's this weird meta level where like at that time, Frank Oz was already done with Sesame Street, but you have the guy who took over Frank Oz's roles is now performing Grover doing an impression of Yoda. So he's doing a Frank Oz role impersonating a different Frank Oz role. That's too many levels. It's too many levels. <laughs> too many levels for, especially for Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. The four year olds aren't going to get that. Uh, uh-uh. uh, oh, maybe those, uh, the smart four year olds, mm. they might get it. The same ones who are listening to your podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't. We swear on commitment, <laughs> so I don't want any four-year-olds listening to commitment. Hey, they got to learn sometime and from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Might as well be from a Muppet podcast of, of yeah. all places. I got to say, I love Grover. I think he might be my favorite Sesame Street like puppet. Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite Muppet? Uh, I think it's Gonzo. Oh, Gonzo's good too. I, Gonzo and Rizzo. I I I oh, like Rizzo's very good. Rizzo and Pepe are both very good. And then yeah, Gonzo and Rizzo specifically as a duo are great. Yeah, I think specifically from Sesame Street, gotta love Grover, especially when he does that bit with the waiter, mm, or as the yeah. waiter with Mr. that Johnson. Uh, yeah. Oh, what a great duo. Always funny. Grover's great. Uh, I think I like like Ralph the best. Ralph he's, is a top tier Muppet, especially. Like that was one of the main things that we realized and learned by going back and watching all this old stuff is that Rolf was the first nationally famous Muppet. Like Interesting. Be- before anybody else, Rolf was the most famous Muppet because in 1964, I'm going to say, uh, he was on the Jimmy Dean show uh, 
for every single episode of the Jimmy Dean show. And the Jimmy Dean show was like wow. very popular because he was a country singer and he had his own show. Which uh, I, I, I will say, and I learned this from your podcast, it is the sausage guy. It is the sausage man. Oh, yeah. I, I had no idea. I was like, who, like, wow, I can't believe there's another Jimmy Dean out there. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it is the sausage guy. Yeah. So the sausage guy had a TV show in the 60s, and Rolf was like supposed to be the guest in the first episode, and then they liked it so much, and there was like thousands of pieces of fan mail for <laughs> Rolf that they were just like, you're going to be on every episode, dog. <laughs> and so, yeah, Rolf became nationally famous because of the Jimmy Dean show. That's wild. I had no idea. Yeah. And that was like before, like Kermit existed at that point, but Kermit was not known outside of like local TV things. Right. But yeah, Rolf was Rolf has been one of those that got, got like sort of kicked to the curb once uh, Sesame Street and other things started to happen. Like he's around, but he's never the star. Mm-hmm. He's had his time though. He he seems like he'd be cool with that. There's uh, well, <laughs> so there's a couple things where it's like there's one uh, special where he's like dancing with a girl and he says something about like yeah, I used to be famous from the Jimmy Dean Show, but nobody remembers that anymore. <laughs> And then on the uh, 2015 ABC Muppets show they did, uh, he owns a bar that they all go to and hang out. And he's got pictures behind the bar of him and Jimmy Dean as like little (laughs) memories. So it's like definitely still a part of his character that he used to be somebody, Mm -hmm. but he's just not anymore. Wow. All right. Follow up question. Sure. Which Muppet do you most identify with? Mm, Probably Kermit. Mm. Because I feel like I'm uptight enough that I like can like produce things and get shit done. But I also can like lose my cool if people don't do what I want them to do. All right. Fair enough. Fair so enough. I feel like, yeah, like all the positive and negative sides of Kermit, I'm pretty much aligned with. How about you guys? Do you feel like you relate to any specific Muppets? I feel like vocally I'm very Kermity. I, I've been told <laughs> that I've got kind of a Kermit voice. And so I've often... And with, with certain jobs I've had, I definitely had the kind of a Kermit style job. So honestly, mine also is Kermit. Yeah. Um, which probably doesn't come through on this podcast, but that w- that would be my answer. I don't know enough about Muppets to know which one I would. I will defer to either of you which Muppet you think I am most like. Miss mm. Piggy. Oh wow, that's not what <laughs> I, I am a diva at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're. I am you're a diva no and dating a frog. <laughs> Well, that's a good question. I, I want to say Scooter. Oh, what about uh, Sam the Eagle? No. Josh is kind of a Sam the Eagle. No, kind of Sam the Eagle's like a right-wing Republican jerk. No, he's just very stoic. That sounds stoic. like me. <laughs> he's very stoic, and he knows what he likes, and he's not going to put up with other people's bullshit, but he still hangs out with the Muppets. Yeah, but he's all about, like, good American values and instilling, like... Oh, I don't care about that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I feel like the good parts of Scooter... I'd say Josh has. I'm trying to think if there's Sco- any other. Scooter's the little guy with the glasses, right? Yeah, okay. he's the like. He's not the I producer, but he's like the glasses. PA on the Muppet Show. He like he's like the assistant director who like makes shit happen. He's kind of the gopher. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's hmm. anybody else. I could see a little bit of Rizzo. Rizzo. Hmm. Not the like skeezy part of Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I like a lot of my Muppet knowledge comes from Paul. Like, and I, I clearly don't know that much. <laughs> I like to think I know more than I do. Like the only reason that I know the name Statler and Waldorf and Beaker and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew are because of Paul. Cause I remember it's like, how the hell do you just know the names of these Muppets? And that just like has like, that's really stuck with me where now I know the names of these Muppets. I wish I knew 
more useful things. I don't remember a lot of the philosophers' names from my philosophy degree, but I could tell you all about the Muppets. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much my brain at this point too. It's just filled with to the top with Muppets, and that's about it. Oh, I bet I, I'm I've probably got like a tiny little like caveman Muppet brain compared to your, your modern day this giant Mars attacks brain. Muppet brain going on. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you know what Muppet I'd be, please tell us. You can yeah. tell us on Twitter and Instagram at nes underscore pod. Ooh, we or what's poll. that email, Paul? Uh, nostalgia system podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can, uh, let me wow. know what Muppet you think I am. We could set up a Twitter poll and uh, we could we could put um, Rizzo, Sam the Eagle on there and then add your own option. Mm, yeah. Other. See, yeah. See what yeah. people say. Well, uh, we'll do that as well. So that you and I can be the only people to vote on it. <laughs> Get a nice tie. I'm going to vote for Sam the Eagle just to pop things up. <laughs> well, uh, I say we take a little break, and then we move on to another thing that Matt really likes. It's all about me. <laughs> all right, we'll see you then. Are you ready for Hulkamania? It's an Adonis looking good to beats. Nobody beats Macho Man. You can get right in the action in the ring with wrestling superstars figures. The big names are here and they're ready. It's corner to corner excitement. Match your moves against the other guy. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Cause you're in the ring with the WWF wrestling superstars figures. Figures ring and cage sold separately. Assembly required. It's a grand toy. I can beat anyone. What do you say boy? Welcome back everybody. And we're here to talk about things Matt likes. <laughs> That's this episode. That is this episode. Nothing specific. We're just going <laughs> to list off 20 things. We're going to talk about all of them. We're going to talk about all the things Matt likes. Uh, when I was first starting to get to know you, Matt, yeah. this is the other thing that I knew. I was like, oh, okay, Matt, Star Wars, and wrestling. Mm. And then I'll figure out all the other details <laughs> later as I get to know him. But you like, don't need to know anything else. That <laughs> I think that's it. That's all you need to know. But I was like, these are the two things that I know Matt really likes. I wonder um, how I exuded that, like in meeting you early on. I wonder, like, what about me? I think I think it was just word of mouth, right? <laughs> Where it's just like that Matt guy, he likes wrestling. I just I just heard from other people that like Matt likes Star Wars. Matt likes wrestling. I, think, I guess to be fair, like <laughs> the Caitlin and I have been friends for a long time, so you are dating a friend of mine. <laughs> Who like yes? If she if you were gonna be like, hey Caitlin, who's this guy? You she'd be like, oh, he likes Star Wars and wrestling. Uh -huh. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, I like I don't even know how. I think also like if if those topics ever came up, your name would also come up. And like mm. if for whatever reason I was in a conversation and wrestling came, it's like oh Matt Matt should be here. It's like I think it's who? probably because I'm very uh, outspoken with my liking of oh, yeah. those things as well. Is that it's not like a thing that I'm like secretly watching wrestling on Monday nights and never post about. It's like I am going to wrestling events in person and posting photos and going out of my way to do wrestling things and post about it. And so I think, yeah, it's one of those things of sometimes it's probably like, a, man, he likes wrestling, I guess. <laughs> uh I don't know if we should start off with this, but you have brought a wonder. <laughs> you, the first prop we have ever had uh, on this show, I You're believe. Uh, but you have brought with us that your, I guess it's your title. I, yeah, I, I, I recently learned that this is called a title and not a belt. Yeah, step number one. The, the terminology. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a, uh, a cheap like plastic replica of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, that I bought at Target because uh, wrestling 
belts we can call them belts uh <laughs> are something that they make like really high priced replicas of like you can go on wwe's website and buy like a three thousand dollar like exact replica of the ones that the wrestlers have holy shit yeah or they have like scaled down versions that are like okay this one's like a thousand this one's like 400 they don't really get cheaper than like three or four hundred with the replicas they sell on there this one is technically like sold in the toy section but it's like the same size and like make looking it looks like the real one from a distance essentially um and there was a day where i was just like on target.com ordering something else and there was like a, a sale that i was looking through and i saw that this was on sale from like <laughs> it was something like originally like 120 bucks and then it was on sale for 70 and i was like uh deal <laughs> that's still I, I, i'm a, that's a little more than i thought it was gonna be oh i mean yeah. But also, like, as far as, like, if you're going to get something from, like, the toy section, that is probably some of the better looking, like, items that you will find now. Because I feel like whenever I walk through there, a lot of it just looks like shit. Because, like, kids don't really play with toys anymore. You you buy an app for your child, I guess. <laughs> so, like, I feel like the quality of production for toys <laughs> just, like, has... Just like Dip. old man thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's just download a baby and let him play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, download Toka hair studio for your child. I or think kids still play with toys. I I guess. There are toy aisles at the store. I have to believe somebody is buying them. Someone is buying them, but I don't not know. not just 30-year-old men. I just feel like a lot of their action figures so they can have their Star Wars photograph i mean i feel like a lot of it is 30 year old metal. oh there are certain areas of the toy aisles where you're like yeah clearly this <laughs> those ones are the for the 30 year olds uh that's like often if when i go to the down like the lego aisle i'm like it's not kids in my way and down the lego <laughs> aisle it's other dudes who look just like me <laughs> have you uh have you have you worn the belt uh, only I'd say even like, even just for yourself for fun, just like, ha, yeah. no, I've never like worn it around the house. <laughs> I I've only worn it in photos that I intended to post as like a about to watch WrestleMania, got all my gear, like kind of thing. <laughs> and are you only wearing the belt in those photos? Oh yeah. Exclusively. Okay. I would like, oh, and socks. <laughs> okay. Well, belt, belt socks on the couch, <laughs> beer in one hand, beer in the other hand, <laughs> WrestleMania on TV. Just that's what fully, I like to imagine. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, it's every Sunday. <laughs> I'm watching some <laughs> wrestling and my just my belt and my socks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there's been, like I've posted a couple Instagram photos in it, but that's the only two times I've ever worn it. <laughs> so, Does it just like sit on a shelf then? It actually, it's just in my closet. It's not even oh. like on display. It used to be, but then I was just like, you know what? As I'm taking work meetings now, working from home, <laughs> I don't want to get questions about that. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So, like, I, I are think, you the world heavyweight champion? <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, are you? Are you actually the champion? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. If you believe that, yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> if you question it, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, I guess we'll start we'll start at the beginning. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Let's go back all yeah, the way. Yeah, so like when when did you start wrestling or what got you into wrestling? However, however you want to start, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I think my answer is similar to something I said, I think, on the Star Wars episode where I like, I cannot remember a time in my life where wrestling was not around. Uh, and I think that's just from, we had old VHS tapes of recorded WrestleManias that I would watch and we would watch like the weekly shows. Uh, and I had all the toys, the action figures growing up since like before I was forming memories essentially. So was it like, was it a family affair then? Yeah. I don't really, I don't really know who in my family was super into it. I think it must've been my stepdad was really into it because my mom, I don't think like 
gave a shit about wrestling <laughs> ever, but it was on pretty regularly in our house. And I was even like somebody, I don't know. I don't remember it this clearly, but I know I was taken to a wrestling show when I was like five or six or something. Like I had the vaguest memories of actually seeing a wrestling match from like the cheapest seats in the arena when I was like five years old. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like anything where the love of it was like instilled in me by family members. Like I had cousins who kind of watched it as well. And it was just kind of like that era of like early 90s where you had a Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and all of them were so popular that they were just like breaking out into normal pop culture things. It wasn't like a niche thing. Um, and then right around, I guess, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade is when the the rock stone cold this like second wave of wrestling breaking into regular pop culture every t-shirt had stone cold on it i remember like i remember that's so wild that like this old redneck became the most (laughs) popular like athlete in the world like being in i remember being in fourth grade and in music class and looking over and seeing like just like four like eight-year-old boys with like a camo stone cold (laughs) steve austin shirt where the text is in like like a like that metal texture that like the toolbox in the back of the truck is made uh, out of yeah diamond plate (laughs) yeah yeah this is like oh my god like who is this guy Mm -hmm. but yeah that was uh i think around that time i was hard it was sort of hard to not be into it or at least be aware of it uh at that point and i ended up like one of my best friends have been friends with him since third grade was also super into wrestling. And so like the two of us would play all the N64 games and play all the PlayStation games and watch wrestling regularly. Uh, he was a WCW fan and I was a WWE fan or F at the time. And so there was also this thing where the internet didn't like exist really back mm-hmm. then. And so there would be times on a Monday night where our shows would be competing that we'd literally be on the phone with each other, like letting each other know what's happening. <laughs> like I'm not going to watch Monday Nitro because you're watching that and I'm going to watch raw. So I'll call you on the phone. And if anything exciting happens on Nitro, you let me know and I'll flip over and watch it. <laughs> Could you explain? Cause I like, and I think Paul's in the same boat. I don't know a lot about wrestling. That's, so that's I don't fair. know what the difference is between WWE or F. Like I know it, I know that changed for some reason. But like I don't because know the difference. The World Wildlife Foundation I, was suing WWE. Okay, cool. I thought like, that was yeah. it. But like I don't I don't know the difference between that and WCW and Raw and SmackDown. Like I don't know. So could you explain what those words mean? Yeah, so I think WWF slash WWE, uh, again, that made the change because the World Wildlife Foundation wanted like exclusive rights to using the letters. And we're like, hey, you're kind of uh, tainting our brand here, so uh, please let us have it. And so, yeah, eventually WWE became the thing. Uh, they had this whole campaign with like, get the F out was their whole <laughs> motto during that time, which is, you know, kind of clever. That's pretty cool. I, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have to change it, you might as well just roll with it. Yeah, so that's a World Wrestling Entertainment now, not Federation. Uh, they're sort of the big dogs in the the wrestling game. They always sort of have been since the mid-'80s, uh, late-'80s to now. Uh, before that, wrestling was just kind of territory-based because it wasn't, like, nationally televised, really. So you'd only be able to, like, you wrestle in Georgia, and only people in, like, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Kentucky would be able to watch that because the market didn't reach that far. And so there was, like, 
10 territories across the United States that were essentially like all these different brands of wrestling. And they weren't really competitors because they there was no way for them to compete. And so WWF was the first one to come in and a guy started buying up a lot of the territories and get like a nationally syndicated sort of wrestling show on the air. And that killed the territories. And so these like old school wrestling people hated WWF when it first came around. And like words like you're ruining the business, but from WWF's eyes, and this will continue throughout most of the existence of WWF is, uh, well, we're making a lot of money and we're successful. So clearly we're doing something right. And that's sort of always been their motto. There's a reason the president of the company is the biggest individual donor to Donald Trump. They share a lot in common. Uh, so they go on for a long time. And then in the like mid nineties, Ted Turner, who like owned TNT and all these things decided to compete with Vince McMahon. Cause he was like, what, what, what is that billionaire needs a different billionaire to compete with him. <laughs> so he started WCW and that got really competitive, really fast. The NWO and Hulk Hogan and all these people were in WCW and it became very competitive, um, and was beating Monday night raw, which is a WWF show in the ratings for a long time. And then WCW was very poorly managed and started to go downhill very, very fast after <laughs> they rose very fast. Uh, and so in 2001, Vince McMahon bought WCW. So wow. then WCW was purchased by WWF, as was ECW, which was this whole other wrestling thing. So suddenly WWF just owned everything again. <laughs> they just, there, there was no more competition. Uh, and that, again, was going on for a long time. They're the ones who make Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Those are their main two shows. And then just a couple years ago, uh, these new guys who were a mixture of like Japanese wrestlers and some guys who had been fired from WWF uh, decided to form a new wrestling company called AEW. And that is sort of the new big competition to WWE. Um, still not like beating it in the ratings or like taking it down a peg or anything like that. But it is definitely a competitor. And a lot of people like what AEW is doing better than what WWE is doing. I have never watched AEW. I don't have any interest. Uh, and then sort of like the other sort of story of wrestling that I also don't pay much attention to is uh, Japanese wrestling. So like NJPW, which is New Japan Pro Wrestling, is a whole other beast. Uh, and it's like, it's really weird to watch their matches because like the crowd is pretty much silent. And then that, like important things they applaud, like a theater crowd does. Huh. And oh. it's, it's a whole other like art form over there huh. uh, than it is here. But uh, yeah, WWE has always sort of been like where my loyalties lie. Um, and I was pretty much completely into it uh, solidly until like 2003, which is like kind of when I was entering high school, I guess, uh, like freshman, sophomore year of high school or whatever that was. And I kind of just dropped off wrestling because I thought it was like, oh, girls exist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like getting to be in bands and stuff and just like wrestling wasn't a thing I was paying attention to. Um, but then, yeah, I went for about 10 years without watching anything. And then in 2013, I moved out to Missoula, was living on my own, had nothing else to do. And then they came out with the WWE Network, which was their streaming platform. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, 10 bucks a month. <laughs> and so since that came out in 2013, I've been pretty much on that old train again, watching wrestling pretty regularly, not consistent, but pretty regularly. Gotcha. Yeah. So that, that kind of touches on like a few things that I wanted to ask about. Like one of them was like your familiarity with like other like wrestling companies or, or whatever the, the correct term is for them. Um, Cause as Paul and I have mentioned on the show, we really like Doughboys, mm -hmm. and they have an A, they've had like one or two AEW wrestlers on there. So like they've had Colt Cabana on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's, like really funny 
yeah, he's very good at like podcasting. He's a good yeah. character in wrestling. Like, I, like he seems too funny he's to from be Chicago, like Chicago, so I like him defaultly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, he's like so. I don't know. So I when I learned about that, I was like, what the hell is AEW? You know, started start looking into it, got really confused, and then just kind of stopped. Um, yeah, I was, I was just kind of curious about your familiar if you watched other or kept up with other. I barely ke- keep up with WWE these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I essentially will watch every month they do like a pay-per-view event, which is now like a streaming event because it's not pay-per-view anymore. Um, but every month I'll watch that. So they usually do one a month and I'll watch that. And that's kind of it. Like the weekly shows, there's just so many now that there's like, okay, if I wanted to keep up with everything, I'd have to watch like six hours of wrestling every week. And I don't have that much time when I'm already watching six hours of Muppet stuff every week. <laughs> so priorities change. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then you've got the Muppet wrestling, which, you know. It's... There is one episode of crossover for that, actually. Wow, okay. <laughs> the Muppets, uh, back in the mid-2000s, they were doing this thing where every week they'd have like a celebrity host of Monday Night Raw. And they'd do like... This week, it's Snooki. Next week, it's Seth Green. Next week, it's The Muppets. Uh, wow. Uh, and so, yeah, The Muppets actually hosted an episode of Monday Night Raw once. Wow, that's which, yeah. cool as hell. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's uh, I keep up with it mostly via Twitter at this point, and it's mostly only WWE that I pay any attention to. I, I listen to a wrestling podcast that's mostly, like, slightly more comedy than actually talking about wrestling, but they sort of keep me up to speed on the other stuff that I don't watch as well. And so when I hear about something cool, I'll go check it out on YouTube or something and watch a clip. Or if I hear like, oh, that episode of SmackDown was really good. I might throw that on on the weekend and catch up a little bit. But I do def- I definitely do not watch as much as I used to. Gotcha. So I guess this kind of leads into something else. I've was I I I've heard so much over the years about like about wrestling, right? And about like what wrestling actually is as mm-hmm. far as like, as far as it being performative. Yeah. But the, I, I I honestly have never been able to find an entry point. Mm. And so I'm curious if you have any thoughts about like how do like at this point, especially like and I, I know that like, you know, wrestlers come in and out as they age or retire or or however internal stuff mm. happens. But like with so many decades of history that I feel like some of it is just like, you just need to know these things. Like, how, yeah. like, like what is an appropriate entry point to even being interested in wrestling in the first place? Yeah, it's, it's, I think your feelings on that are exactly right in that there is just so much and so many decades of stuff that it's hard because they also rely on your nostalgia a lot. They know a lot of their fans are this like 30, 35, 40 year old dude who watched it when they were 10 and are still watching it. And so they're like, yeah, like we're going to cater to you. We're going to bring back all these old dudes that you remember and love. And like, you're going to love them just because you watched them when you were a kid. Uh, And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of it. That's like that. I think honestly, if I was going to recommend to anyone like, what they could start watching and just appreciate for like the best kinds of matches, the best storytelling and not necessarily relying on nostalgia as heavily is NXT, which is sort of a spinoff of WWE. It's, it started off as their, like their farm league, like they're not yet ready for the primetime kind of wrestlers. It was like their training program. Uh, hence the like next, like you're the next ones. (laughs) Uh, But it has grown to be actually more of its own show at this point. Like, it's like Monday Night Raw, NXT, and SmackDown are like their own things. But they have like their own roster. They're not as like 
big into like the nostalgia stuff. They don't bring old people back to show off and everything. And it's just, it's short. It's only like an hour every week. So it's like you can watch this on Hulu or Peacock or whatever like they air it on now um, and watch just like actually good matches with good storytelling. And uh, it is not as uh, it's one of those things that benefits a lot from not having as big of an audience as Monday Night Raw. Because say like maybe Monday Night Raw is getting like eight million viewers a week. NXT is maybe getting like a million. And so they like know their audience a little bit better and they don't have to like be for everyone. They can like focus in on their fans and make really good stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, because like, and, and it happens like every so often when like wrestling just kind of makes just like it makes bigger waves, and like you hear news about like something happened in wrestling, and like channels that would never report on wrestling otherwise. Like the most recent one is when Undertaker retired, mm, and yeah. I feel like every YouTube video was just like, "Here's an interview with Undertaker," and here's an interview with. I'm like, I mean, I I'm curious, so I guess I'll watch this, but then like. I'm interested because I was like, this character is so interesting. Yeah. But also he's been doing this for 30 years and that's too much for me to like want to really find out more, even though I am curious. So like it's intimidating. There is a really good documentary about him that they put out. Like, I think you can watch it on Peacock now because WWE Network and Peacock like merge. So they're just like all their stuff is on Peacock now. Uh, but it's called The Last Ride. And it's like a six part miniseries documentary thing about the entire career of The Undertaker. Um, and yeah, that's a good entry point for like specific knowledge of one person. Uh, but I think it's also sort of a window into this whole time frame I'm talking about. Cause he did start in like 89, 87 or something like that and wrestled up until like last year. <laughs> so you get to see the that's full arc. Yeah, no, he shouldn't have, he should have <laughs> quit like five, six years ago, <laughs> maybe not, maybe even more. Cause he's been very old and wrestling ages you. So he looks 70, but he's like 50. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, he uh, it's one of those things where you get your insight into a lot of the like sort of behind the scenes of it, which is something that has also changed a lot because in the 90s, like we all thought it was real. Like we all thought it was just like, oh, yeah, of course, like that guy beat up that guy and he won. Like I, I, that's why I like him. But now it's like you get older and the Internet exists. And so everyone knows the truth about like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, this, these are actors. These are performers. They are oh, yeah. putting on a story for you. It's like watching game of thrones like you don't like people don't go like oh game of thrones is so fake like <laughs> that dragon didn't eat that lady it's like yeah they just look at wrestling in the same way mm -hmm. and that's essentially what it is it's just like live theater uh it's like the way i describe it is like it's like cirque du soleil meets soap opera with fireworks and punching <laughs> that's essentially yeah, that's, what wrestling is i can see that that's really, that's a great description like that that illusion that that like that illusion got me so much as a kid to the point where like I knew it was like scripted, but I could not convince myself that it was scripted. Oh, right? there's always things where you're like, but that was real, right? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> like I like I like I have this very strong memory of like being at Walmart and like looking through all of like the DVDs and mm. just like because I I didn't have a way to watch wrestling when I was a kid. The only time I ever remember seeing wrestling on TV would be probably like reruns on Fox or something. Right. And it would be like late at night when I couldn't see it. But it's like, well, I've never seen wrestling before, so I'll see what this is all about. And it's like, who the hell is Big Show? <laughs> but I would be curious when I would be at Walmart and like see the DVDs for just like WrestleMania or whatever. And like looking at the back and just seeing like, it would always be like whenever they would like cut their eyebrow mm. and they would just be covered in blood. I just couldn't help but think like, Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck are they 
doing on wrestling? And I like it, it like it got me, right? Because yeah. like, I mean, because the kind of thing where, yeah, no, they're actually bleeding. Right. Yeah. There's certain parts that, you know, you can like, that's the thing is like a lot of wrestlers disagree with the, the term fake because it's not fake when they fall 10 feet off of a oh, ladder yeah, no, you, or a table. Like, you're like, still It's falling. planned out. Uh-huh. It is not fake. Yeah, that's why <laughs> like, I, yeah. They actually get hurt many times and people have literally died in the ring. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you can't really call it fake necessarily. Uh, but yeah, I think one another good entry point that I just thought of is just something I did a few years ago. I think WrestleManias are always a good entry point because this is like the Super Bowl of wrestling. It's where all of their storylines are paying off for the year. It's where everything comes to a head. It's where the biggest, most exciting things happen. And so a few years ago, I had a, like a party at my house where I invited a bunch of friends over who I'd say 90% of them knew nothing about wrestling, maybe didn't even watch as kids, didn't really care. It was just sort of like this idea that I threw out. I was like, you guys want to come watch WrestleMania? And they're like, Sure. And so it came over, and what's nice is, like, the pay-per-view things, especially WrestleMania, before every match, there's, like, this mini video package where they build up the hype for that match of, like, here's why this guy fucking hates this guy. He called his mom a a bitch, so he's going (laughs) to punch him in the face. And so before every match, they're doing that. And so the people who aren't watching this on a weekly basis, they see that, they're just like, fuck that guy, beat him, go. And so every match, like, I have friends who are, like, never watched a wrestling match in their life are like cheering out loud while we're watching this thing as somebody wins. And I'm just like, this is the best way to watch wrestling <laughs> is like with people who don't know anything <laughs> and just like get into the, like the storytelling of it. Yeah. Cause like, and that, that like that kind of bleeds in a little bit of like one of my biggest problems whenever I watch wrestling clips, so much of it is just two dudes staring at each other that I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm like, <laughs> I just tell me what the, why are they staring at each other like this? Who should I be rooting for? They love each other. It's like I it's like I'm so confused because they're not doing anything. And I feel like that's so many wrestling clips. Did you have any exposure to it at all as a kid, Paul? I I had no exposure. I mean, I I would sometimes like flip through the channels and it would like be on and my mom would always be like, "Don't watch that." Hmm. So, <laughs> was she afraid you were going to like beat up your like Oh, friends I mean, or something? No, we always, I got into lots of like little scrapes with my siblings specifically, but, uh, which I, it might've egged me on. I don't know. Yeah. But no, I just, it just never, I didn't know anybody who watched it and I, I never watched it. It never really interested me that much. So no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got in trouble once for, uh, doing a wrestling move on one of my cousins when I was like, I was like five or six or something like that. And mm. she's like, I don't know, like a year older than me or something like that. Uh, and we were doing that like cousin sort of like you're roughhousing, but you're not punching each other in the face. Like you're wrestling, but you're not trying to kill each other. Right. Um, but there was this guy, Yokozuna, who was a very large, like 400 pound uh, sumo wrestler character. He was actually Samoan, but wrestling is often racist. Uh, so they made this Samoan guy, a Japanese sumo wrestler. Um, and he did his move because he was a large man is he basically just jumped off the top rope and sat on people's chests. Oh, okay. Oh sure. my, that was his whole move. God. Uh, so I did that to my cousin <laughs> and, and it, I wasn't, I shouldn't have done that because, uh, it didn't feel good. Turns out huh. uh, when kids d- who don't actually know how to do wrestling moves just plop down on each other, uh, <laughs> it hurts and takes the wind out of you. And so, uh, yeah, that's like the, one of the few times I actually got in trouble for re- like reenacting anything I saw in wrestling. You know, you you saying that story did, you know, maybe one of the reasons why my mom didn't want me to 
watch wrestling was because I do remember now there was a time where I wasn't trying to do wrestling moves on a, like a family friend, but we were playing like puppy and I like actually bit this person. <laughs> and so maybe they thought, yeah, Paul's a little too impressionable to be <laughs> watching wrestling. Like, yeah. He doesn't get to watch the drunk redneck who's flipping <laughs> people off. Yeah. He can't handle like, just like puppies. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just uh, give him some cartoons and, and call it good for now. I mean, there's also all that wrestling we did in college. That's true. Can't Josh, forget about that. Got into well, I wouldn't even say got into. We just would get drunk and sometimes we wrestle. Yeah, none of us even like thought. None of us thought about professional wrestling. We're just like, no. we're gonna roughhouse. Let's say I need more information on this activity. Paul can Paul Paul is I think uh, Unde- much to PJ's chagrin, undefeated champion. Yeah, so how Paul do you, can explain. Yeah, how do you win? Well, basically, our goal was to pin the other person, of right? And uh, you can, I, I don't know if we had like a countdown. I don't remember. I don't think we. But I basically, we like you just had to tap out and be like, I give up, you win. Mm. And luckily, I'm much smaller than pretty much everybody else, but my ribs are very like prominent. So I would always <laughs> just dig my ribs in. It's your, it's your <laughs> ribs, top, your elbows, your knees, your ass. Exactly. All of it is you just, just going like, with all bones, bones first. Exactly. <laughs> And I, I think that's one of the maddest I've ever seen PJ was one of the times I was like literally on top of him, like just <laughs> trying to get him to, cause we were in it to win it. We're yeah. not like, Oh, ha, drunk ha, ha. college kids don't give a shit. Yeah. We are like, yeah, we're going to fuck some shit up. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud to say that I won every time. Wow. It's too bony. Any yeah. actual injuries ever happen? I don't think no. so. Mm. It was no, all my carpet. ego. <laughs> that yeah. might be yeah. why you, you never won a match no it's because I wrestled a cube so many <laughs> sharp edges and corners Say, I feel like Paul deserves this belt <laughs> yeah I mean nobody ever gave me one everybody just got mad at me I don't know why we kept doing it because <laughs> it would go from a, like a haha this will be fun to like everybody like kind of just like pissed off just like, <laughs> and I'm like look I'm sorry but I won fair and square it's like, no it's you're too bony you can't use your elbows like that we didn't make up rules either, so no, was, that, that was also part of it. I was like, what kind of rules would you have? You can't use your bones. <laughs> <laughs> no bones allowed. No bones allowed in wrestling. See, I had a, a wrestling federation, me and my best friend, Steve. Whoa. Wow, we had okay. trampoline backyard wrestling, <laughs> TBW, and we were uh, very much rule followers. And like we would see those things about backyard wrestling where it was people like hitting each other with like light bulbs and all this stuff <laughs> and like bleeding in the backyard. And it's like, we, no, we don't want to do that. That seems painful. That seems dumb. Why would we do that? So we were more into the like, understanding that like, oh, no, these things are planned out. They are booked. They are planned out. They are saying like, here's the matches for the night. You're playing this character. You're playing this character. This character is going to win the belt, that kind of thing. And so we would like plan out like shows essentially how old were you when you were doing this Ooh, i'm gonna say this is right around 11 10 years old wow that's some good for foresight for a 10 year old yeah because i think it was definitely like pre-junior high mm. i think like by like maybe in a junior high is when we sort of stopped doing this as much but like definitely fifth sixth grade were were full on into like this wrestling federation exists and we're uh, doing matches with like his little brother was also a character and his little brother's best friend was a character and we each had multiple characters we would play so that way we would have like multiple matches without like repeating the same match. Oh, of course. Uh, but yeah, we, we mostly kept it safe. Like we weren't like too dangerous. Uh, there were, uh, again, the entire thing was based on that the ring was the trampoline. Like, so all of our do- things were done on the trampoline. So if you fall, 
you're going to bounce. You're fine. And also, like, you're able to, like, pull off more impressive things on a trampoline than you would just on the ground. So if like my friend wants to choke slam me, we just both <laughs> bounce up and I fly away up in the air and then fall down. And it looks like it would really hurt, but it doesn't because I'm just bouncing on a trampoline. Uh, but I did like the riskiest things we did was like we set up a ladder next to the trampoline. I like jumped off the ladder onto the trampoline. Oh, wow. But that's like as far as we ever went with like getting close to dangerous. Getting a ladder out there. Yeah. What kind of uh, what kind of gimmicks did you guys have? Uh, I was always like just sort of like the broy douchebag <laughs> kind of like guy. Like I, I think I never put as much thought into my characters as my friend Steve did. He was always more of the like uh, very fleshed out characters with like full backstories, and his like his characters would be drastically different from each other. Mine was always like if I was creating myself in a wrestling game, it was always like the the goatee in flames. Like that was like <laughs> how you could describe all my guys, like the guy if, Fieri of wrestling. Yeah, it, it was. It, there was like a shirt with flames on it. That's what my character would wear, and like we had entrance music and everything. Like we would have oh. a boombox that we would bring out. Yeah, um, and like sometimes leave out and like through the rain and stuff like we just forget it so it'd be like sitting outside but this boom box would just be sitting out by the trampoline and we had a cd that was mtv rock the halls or something like that that was like a, a back to school mtv album and so we basically just used that one album and picked theme songs off like entrance music off of that cd so it was like okay so this bloodhound gang track is his song and then this blink 182 song will be mine and then this power man 5000 song will be my other one and then this so it was like very specific of like <laughs> they all had to come off the same cd because we didn't want to have to like swap cds out while we're trying to like do entrance musics but they would always yeah we had very specific things so mine was like yeah you imagine like uh power man 5000's nobody's real is a, a great entrance song and it was always my entrance thing because it just starts off with like burr, 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 burr. and it was just like yeah here it comes <laughs> <laughs> did you like put costumes together also no actually I think it was just uh, sort of like in our imaginations okay. our characters looked different when we come out and there was like sort of like I think a different swagger like the way you would walk out which I can't even imagine like what the neighbors or his <laughs> mom thought of us at the time because we were so committed to this like literally that's like what that's all we would do is I would go over to his house on weeknights and then we would just wrestle <laughs> on the trampoline. And were there people were there people like watching you or was this just maybe for like you once guys? every 20 times? Okay. There'd be some friends over, but I think they never came back. <laughs> like it was that thing where like somebody would be like, Oh, you guys have a wrestling league, let me watch. And they'd watch me like, all right, I get it. <laughs> like, like, I don't need to come back for this. Because I don't it was it was the best thing for us. Like we had the most fun possible and I don't think anyone else ever cared at all. <laughs> That's cool as hell though. Yeah, it was fun. And I, like the fact that I can like look back and say like, yeah, we were like backyard wrestlers, but we were not like the backyard wrestlers that you <laughs> see in like juggalo makeup, hitting each other with light bulbs and stuff. Yeah, no chairs, one ladder, but it was just a jump off of. The only chair I ever remember us using uh, in a match was, uh, do you know those Fisher Price chairs? <laughs> Wait, where like, the like the huh. full plastic one like it, so it's like this big like for the people listening it's like i mean two feet tall maybe the legs are like this big around <laughs> yeah. and it just is like this giant hunk of plastic carved into the shape of a chair pretty much mm -hmm. we use that one occasionally because <laughs> it's what we had but never actual like metal folded chairs <laughs> oh that's really funny <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh he's getting the chair <laughs> yeah it's just like a little bright yellow well, we were so price. afraid of getting hurt oh yeah no i totally get yeah. i would also do the same where it's like 
I'm going to get the chair, but I'm going to very slowly just <laughs> move my arms. But push this chair against your head. Yeah. <laughs> did you, like, as far as, like, watching wrestling, did, did you, was there, like, any particular storylines or wrestlers or, like, just, like, this block of however many years in wrestling was just, like, this was it when I was a kid? I mean, that Stone Cold Rock yeah. era and like Undertaker was always one of my favorites as well. Like that era of sort of like that 96, 97 was like peak wrestling for a lot of people who were into wrestling, but also like peak for me because I was like a 10 year old boy. And this was who I was. They were pretty much targeting 10 year old boys to be like fans of this stuff. And yeah, I think that was sort of like. I was watching every week as many pay-per-views as I could. I don't I don't even know how my parents afforded those things because like we were not like a well-off family, <laughs> but we were watching pay-per-views and WrestleManias and stuff. I'm sure we didn't watch like all of them, but we watched way more than I would ever pay for now. They pro- probably budgeted for it. Yeah, which is so weird to think about. But yeah, I think it really picked up again in like 2013. Like I said, when I signed up for the WWE Network because I felt like I'm paying for this thing. I better watch a lot of it. And I was living alone and was single. So... <laughs> Yeah, I watched a lot of wrestling uh, in like 2013 through like 2015 and just like going back and watching a lot of old stuff on the network as well, like catching up on things. Um, And yeah, I think it's just uh, I don't remember the original question now, but uh, keeping up with it. And like my peak was definitely that like 97 and then again in like 2014. Gotcha. Nice. I guess the only other like thing that I and you've touched on it a little bit, but I'm, I'm curious if you have any more knowledge about it. Is do you and because I always feel like this 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 might be my entrance, but do mm. you know why wrestling is popular in Japan? Uh, it goes back to like decades and decades and decades ago um, to certain characters who were I'm not going to remember any names right now, uh, and because I don't keep up with Japanese wrestling, but there's this one specific guy who was essentially like the Vince McMahon of Japan, like he owned New Japan Wrestling. But he also was like the Hulk Hogan of Japan. Like he has a chin that could carve steel. (laughs) This guy, like if you just look him up, I type in like most famous ever Japanese wrestler. You'll it'll probably be the first result. And he was the big proponent of like making this a thing. And obviously you have like luchadors in Mexico as well. Like wrestling in Mexico is another huge thing. Um, And back then they had this in America a little bit as well, but it didn't get as widely like appreciated but there was always like a guy who was essentially a superhero who could like do no wrong who was like men wanted to be him and women wanted to be with him kind of character and japan had that guy with this guy whose name i can't remember but he was so famous (laughs) Um, (laughs) um and i think just sort of the way these things grow through the years is that like you in America, you had more like the carnival side of wrestling, essentially, like it was a kind of a freak show. We're going to create cartoonish characters in the 80s who like make no sense as real people. Like you got a, a guy who comes out to the ring like with a parrot in his hand and <laughs> he's just dancing around for some reason. Then you have like this guy who's literally a zombie. <laughs> so all these things, whereas like Japan took it a lot more seriously and it was more of like an art form and like we are going to kick your ass and even today, uh, Japanese wrestlers work more stiff, which is the word for it, which is essentially like you're going to get punched in the face if you're wrestling in Japan. They're not, it's not, you're not going to fully get your ass kicked, but they don't pull punches as much as they do in America. Like in America, they might swing past your face. You act like you got hit. Japan, they're going to hit your chin, 
and you, you you're gonna just overact a little bit. They're not gonna try and knock you out, but they're gonna actually hit you. And so I think it's just one of those things where you can they'll do a show in the Tokyo Dome that has like a hundred thousand people there regularly like that's just the oh thing that they God, do wow. a lot and so it's just yeah i think it's just respected in a whole other way um in like in the culture there and like even when they bring over a lot of wrestlers like american wrestlers will go to japan as sort of like a training ground of like let's learn how i can be like the best wrestler in the world and like the where the the place to do that is japan is where people go to like become the best wrestler they can possibly become so, yeah, it's something that I would love to get more into. But there is, again, it's just like for me, it's one of those things where there's so much to go back and try to get into that I don't even know where I would begin. Yeah, like the like you you had sent over a couple videos mm-hmm. for us like, hey, here's some stuff about wrestling. Uh, one of them by Super Eyepatch Wolf goes into detail about like these two wrestlers called Golden Lovers. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I am I am very down with like the character arcs of these two people and like where this story is going and where this direction is heading. Like, I mean, it, it, it's, it's anime as shit. Like, Oh, absolutely. Like 100%. It's like, and Oh they, my God. The way they God. even dress. Yeah. Like they come out there in these giant jackets with all these spikes and everything. And they look like anime characters. Yeah. It's like, um, and cool as hell. The, the golden lovers one, especially is another one where Japanese wrestling in new Japan specifically is very good about letting stories simmer and not trying to like wrap things up super quickly and they will like let a story play out for years. The Golden Lovers thing has been over like 20 matches over six years or something like that. They've been building up this story of these two guys and it's like that is something that like they just don't do on American television. Like they're like, oh yeah, this storyline's going to last like two months. Like you're going to become partners and then you're going to turn on him and then you're going to hate him and then you're going to be partners again over the course of like three months. And it just, like, doesn't allow the storytelling to really land uh, as much. So that's something that, like, Japanese wrestling also has is, again, which makes it harder to get into it, but is, like, you can really appreciate it when you learn about it. Yeah, for, like, like that, like, when I, like when he mentioned, like, this happens over the course of, like, however many, like, two or whatever years, I couldn't help but think, like, oh, that's really long, but I'm so interested. But also, like, I think that is just kind of like how Japanese storytelling is sometimes like, like it, like it is probably at this point, almost impossible to convince anyone to start reading or watching one piece chapter 1018 just released this week. (laughs) And it is on episode like 970 or 80 something like it is just, it's such a long continuous drawn out, like not even drawn, but it's just a long continuous narrative where like every part of it is really important and you need to keep up with all parts of it because certain things come back. So I also wonder like how much of it is just like, it's just like kind of a Japanese perspective on like storytelling and writing where they do let things simmer. They do let things draw out more because that when, when you get to like ahead in storytelling, you get a much better emotional payoff. Yeah. Like even even just hearing that description in the video at the very end when they're like, I guess we're friends again. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I think I'm tearing up a little bit about these two wrestlers that I just learned about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And they, there are examples of that specifically in NXT that I mentioned earlier where they're a bit better, but like letting stories 
linger longer. Um, there's a couple wrestlers, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, who had a similar storyline to sort of the Golden Lovers thing where they were tag team partners for a really long time and then one of them turned on the other and they just kept having these matches against each other after they the one turned on each other where it was like, these two men, I know in real life, are best friends. But in this, they seem like they hate each other more than any two people have ever hated each other in the entire world. And like it becomes so emotional where they're like literally exhausted, like passing out in the ring, just like punching each other while they're both like on their knees because they like have to hit each other. <laughs> like they like feel so passionately about defeating the other person that like they'll literally like give everything they have to defeat this other person. And so like they've done good stories like that in WWE, but it is rare. Mm, okay. Um, I also, I looked up, it's Antonio Inoki is the man. Who okay. Is like, and that's that chin. Oh my God. That is a chin in a half. That, Look at that chin, fellas. He looks like a me. Like, <laughs> like, like a, a Nintendo like me. Like a Nintendo me where <laughs> you can get those really exaggerated sharp chins. He has one of those. It is crazy. Yeah. It's, wow. It looks fake. Yeah, it really does. It's wild does. to think of what his skull looks like. <laughs> he he looks like one of those really old ukiyo-e like like prints where like everyone just kind of has a really weird elongated mm -hmm. head. Maybe that's why he was so popular too. They were just like, look at this freakish looks, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he must be special. He in looks some like way. the prince I've seen in the museums. Yeah, and I think that's why like a lot of wrestling caught on through the years. It's just like they had these people who did not look human. Like you had Hulk Hogan come out there and just like, Jesus, how does a human become that big mm -hmm. um, and do these things? And like the ultimate warrior and all these people who like, yeah, the answer was steroids. <laughs> like, <laughs> the answer was steroids and lots of cocaine. Yep. That was the 80s in wrestling. Um, but yeah, it's just something that uh, for better or worse, like catches on with certain sections of cultures and again it's it's way more respected in japan and mexico than it is here but i think that's also for very good reason because of the way it's treated like in the 90s especially in the early 2000s like wrestling in america was god awful and like especially i mean like culturally and to you know women and minorities and anyone who wasn't a white dude uh wrestling was pretty much like the worst thing for them uh, as far as like the way the characters were treated, like literally there wasn't a black world heavyweight champion until like two years ago. Oh, dang. Ooh. And there wasn't uh, women didn't main event WrestleMania until like two years ago. And so all these things where it shouldn't have taken this long to be like somewhat progressive. Mm -hmm. um, and also in like the eighties and nineties, especially lots of wrestling characters re relied on stereotypes. And so you'll see the moment there's a wrestler who's Japanese or Russian or something like that. Like, like, okay, so that's the evil foreigner character. Mm. Uh, they're going to be here. Remember those wars we fought against them? So that's why they're bad now. And so you'd immediately, like, if there's a Russian wrestler, he's a communist. And so you'd have your Hulk Hogan's or your Lex Luger, who's like this all-American character, come out and beat the shit out of him with an American flag. <laughs> and, like, that's all wrestling was for a really long time, was, like, extremely xenophobic and sexist and all this stuff. So... I also understand parents not letting kids watch it back then. It has gotten better. There's still occasionally times where they rely on some of that stuff, but it is pretty quickly shut down and just, yeah. Uh, I guess I have one final question that I had while I was researching stuff for our next segment. Um, and it's, 
it, it has to do with just like, and I don't know how much it happens anymore, but when I was researching for, uh, for the game that we'll be playing, there was a few wrestlers where I would look them up and then they would have wrestled under like four different gimmicks. Mm. And I'm curious, just like, do, do you acknowledge that it's the same person throughout all these? Are they considered four individual distinct wrestlers? Like, how does that all work? Because the one in particular I was thinking of, um, which isn't going to be in the game, it was the shark where he wrestled under like four different like gimmicks. And then finally he just wrestled under his name. And I was like, I can't find any information about this guy because there's so many different names. And also do we like, is he, who is he? <laughs> Uh, usually it's a whole new person. You're supposed to believe that it is an entirely new person or character. Uh, this is something they've also sort of gotten away from because again, the internet and people are just more aware of things that they like, that's, that's just John Cena. You can't trick me. (laughs) That's not a different person. Um, but so they'll do it in two different ways. Sometimes it is a completely new person because they're trying to reinvent a character. Essentially, like this person tried being this guy. It's not working. Nobody likes this character. So we're going to like it's it's like a, you get to be like the new kid at school. Uh, you go to a new school and you're like, oh, I could be anybody I want at this school. They don't know who I was at my old school. So I'll just be this. Um, and it's sort of like that. Like you're just supposed to like introduce this guy as like a whole new person. Like Stone Cold was like three or four different people before. He, like he was stunning Steve Austin and he had blonde hair and all this stuff originally. He was part of the Hollywood Blondes. It was this tag <laughs> team of like pretty boys. And then that never really got that popular. And then he eventually became the ringmaster. Oh. He wasn't a circus guy. He was just, that was his name. He was a good wrestler, oh. so he was the ringmaster. And I was definitely work. hoping for I, more circus. No, I was hoping for like a top no. They just, he looked a lot like he looked when he became Stone Cold, but they just called him the ringmaster. A wasted and opportunity. He became Stone Cold Steve Austin, and everyone was like, we love him. Perfect. <laughs> and it was like, he was the same guy. They just like ramped up his character a little bit. Uh, but there are times where they'll also sort of evolve characters in a sort of Pokemon type way where it's just like, yeah, he used to be this guy, but now he's a badass. So he's this guy now. Mm. But we all know he used to be that guy. We all okay. acknowledge this, but now he's this guy. So he's different. Gotcha. And so it'll, sometimes it'll just be a name change. Sometimes it'll be a big attitude change. There's in wrestling, it's faces and heels. So the good guys are faces. The bad guys are heels. Um, and so it's a lot of times when somebody wants to change from a face to a heel they will make a pretty drastic character change. Gotcha. Well, uh, I say we move on to the last segment of the show. And as is, will probably now be uh, tradition every time Matt's on, we have a game. Woo. Uh, so I say we take another little break and then we'll play this game. Okay. Shine this up real nice, Jabroni. And I know just where to stick it, Ron. What's your name? It doesn't matter what my name is. Rock smells what you're cooking. Pancake, Rock! Pancake! Lay the smack down in the kitchen, the loading dock, even the boiler room. Plus storylines and special guest referees. Everything inside the ring and almost anything out. WWF Smackdown. Lay it down, Jabroni. Finally, The Rock has come back to PlayStation. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of This Game Has No Name, Wrestling Edition. So I, I tried my best to try and level the playing field because, Paul, you don't know anything about wrestling. Uh-uh. And, Matt, you are a veritable fountain of knowledge of wrestling. So You're I figured, welcome. in what way can I level the playing field <laughs> so that it can be more fair for Paul? 
Uh, As most things in this life should. (laughs) (laughs) I would appreciate that if everybody brought me into their brain. So a lot of the questions that we will encounter are going to be wrestling related. Uh, They will not have to do almost all of them. A couple of them will be. A lot of them will not have to do with WWE or any sort of well-known wrestling company or promotion or wrestler. There's two parts to this. There is the the first part, which is going to be in um actually style, which I will explain later. And then there's another half, which will be a picture quiz. Uh, the pictures are going to be from a wrestling anime I watched when oh, I was no. a boy. <laughs> oh no! So okay, this is how it is going to be leveled with something that I know about, uh, and. I was hoping Matt will not. I was going to say, if you have a, a spectrum of things I know about with wrestling and Star Wars and Muppets at one end, anime is not only at the other end, but like off the other <laughs> end of the spectrum. Great. Yeah. It worked. That's how it is for me as well. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Level playing field. <laughs> there we go. That's how we did it. So we will start the first half of the, the first five questions are going to be in Um Actually style. Uh, um Actually being a game show developed by College Humor. The way that it works is that uh, I will present you with a phrase that has something incorrect. Uh, You will buzz in with your name, and then you will proceed with the phrase, um, actually, and then tell me what is wrong with that phrase. Mm, Okay. Uh, And then we'll keep going until someone either gets it correct, or we will make no progress. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then for the second half, you're just going to be guessing the name of the wrestler. It's oh, multiple man. choice. Okay, multiple choice. It is multiple choice. All right. Uh, I think that pretty much explains it. Yeah. Any questions? No. Nope. I feel as prepared as I think we possibly can be. All right. I'm going to lay the smack down on you, Matt. Oh, that's you the thing. You referenced the wrestling thing. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe this, have you been like hustling me this whole time? <laughs> maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. You're also, rich. I have created <laughs> this wonderful picture uh, oh. For this segment, oh uh, well, I'm clearly winning. Yeah, in I mean, that that's... picture. So uh, <laughs> mm. that's very funny. Oh, I didn't even notice your face on the ref. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where did it's... you find that picture of me with my tongue out like that? Uh I'm not saying. <laughs> I don't have any social media. That's so Twitter. I can name all those wrestlers if you want. Please do. <laughs> I can win this round. Uh, Cesaro is the one that you put my face on, and then Ricochet is the one you put Paul's face on. Wow. Man. Thank you. No points, though. Who's Man. the ref? Me. Uh, it's just Josh. That's me. Okay. That's actually <laughs> That's me. A- yeah. Oh, you were actually the ref at that point? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, okay. All right. So uh, let's go to the first question. Professional wrestling is no stranger to strange gimmicks. January 7, 1995, saw the introduction of Mantar, a 400-pound, 6-foot-3-inch wrestler who had the top half of a man and the bottom half of a bull. Uh, Matt. Matt. Uh, actually, it was the top half of the bull and the bottom half of a man. Yes, that is correct. Oh, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, is this the button? You got it. Yeah. That is. All right. That is one point for Matt. Do you have any pictures of Mantar up to show us? Uh, I don't. Because Mantar, it looks ridiculous. Mantar looks ridiculous. Mantar looks like, okay, take the head of like a buffalo that you'd see in like, you know, just your average Missoula pizza shop uh, <laughs> and put that on top of your body. And the bottom half just looks like you. <laughs> and he would come out to the ring like that. And then inevitably the head would like have to come off. And so he just looked ridiculous. Look over there at that phone. Here's a picture of Mantar, Paul. There's a lot more chest in there than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. He is ridiculous. And was he? He's 
real? Well, he's like real. a real human or not. He's a real, <laughs> he's a real man. Talk. I need to know exactly what you want to know right now because he is not a real minotaur. <laughs> right. Of course, I knew I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next statement. Another wrestler of note was the boogeyman who sported a red painted face with most of his front teeth missing. During promos or interviews, he would be found drooling while holding a clock while reciting a nursery rhyme. To make matters even stranger, he also played with a human heart chained around his neck, summoned a demon, ate lots and lots of worms, and ate a giant mole off a woman's face. Matt. Matt. Uh, I don't know a lot about the boogeyman, but I'm going to say, um, actually, it wasn't a heart around his neck. It was an ear. No, that is not oh. correct. Paul. Paul. Um, actually, all of his front teeth were missing, not just most of them. Uh, no. He had like a couple like of these kind of front ones still kind of stuck in there. So the only thing I really know about him is that he ate worms. So that was like going to be my thing is like I was waiting for you to say like he ate birds. And I was like, <laughs> no, it's worms. Um, feel free to buzz in. if uh, Paul? You, Paul. Um, actually he ate a giant mole off of a man's face, not a woman's face. It was a woman's face. That'd be a great twist though. <laughs> it was a woman's face. Paul. Paul again. Um, actually, it was a small mole. <laughs> it was no, it was a very large, disgusting-looking mole. Okay. All right. I I think you have to. I, I think I, I might call know. it. Yeah. Uh, he never summoned a demon. I just added that in there. That yeah, that was one I was looking at where I was like, I again because I don't remember the mole thing because I don't remember the nursery rhymes. The demon could be true. <laughs> it it was also the one thing where I was like, this this could be plausible. In wrestling, that like <laughs> you just summon a demon. Like yep. I, I could clearly see that like he's like in the middle of the ring, all the lights turn red, and then like he says some kind of incantation or something, and then out from like the entrance comes like a guy on stilts and he looks like a demon. I don't know. I was like, this I mean, is- yeah, that's entirely <laughs> something that both has and could happen. <laughs> oh my wrestling. gosh, it has happened. Oh yeah, there are there are people called the demon. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, and there are characters who do appear from nowhere and they like, the lights go out and when oh. they come back on, they're just in the middle of the ring. There's characters who come from below the ring and like pull people through. Wow. Yeah. All right. So you're not. That's why it's like it didn't seem fake to me. <laughs> I was like that easily could have happened. Nice. All right. I wrote this. I wrote this wonderfully. <laughs> yeah, A point job. for me. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll move on to the next statement. Keijo is a professional wrestling manga that debuted in 1979. The story involves Kinikuman, a clumsy, foolish, comical superhero who discovers that he is the missing prince of the planet Kiniku. To prove himself worthy of the throne, he enters wrestling competitions and battles evil Chojin, culminating in a tournament between Kinikuman and the five pretenders to the throne. Kinikuman Big Body, Soldier, Zebra, Mariposa, and Super Phoenix. Matt. Matt. Um, actually, there's no one named Zebra. That is incorrect. There is someone named Zebra. Damn it. <laughs> Paul? Paul. Um, actually, there is no soldier character. There is a soldier character, yes. Matt. Matt. Um, actually, the planet's name is not Kaniku. It is named Kaniku. Damn it. Or Kaniku. Um, actually, it debuted in 1976, not 1979. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it did debut in 1979. <laughs> um, yep, yeah, uh, got right. nothing. 
All right, I'm going to call it here as well. I've leveled this playing field like no other. Oh, yeah. No, the, the moment I saw the, the <laughs> manga pop up, I was like, I'm done. So I'm actually, this is the plot synopsis for Kanikuma, not Keijo. Uh, Keijo wow. is another similar body contact anime, uh, but it features women who attack each other on floating platforms with exclusively their boobs and their butts. Mm. Okay. Keijo right. is nodding because it's pro- is your, one of your favorites. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. See, I had a thought of like when I was going down the the line of like the planet's name was wrong. I thought maybe the planet name was the title of it. And so I was like, oh, why would they call it that if that (laughs) word wasn't important to the story? And I was kind of right, but I guessed the wrong (laughs) half of that equation. The funny part about it is that Kiniku uh, also means muscle. So it literally translates to muscle man. That's perfect. Muscle man from the planet muscle. (laughs) It's very straightforward. Fighting zebra. Uh-huh. All right, we'll move on to statement four. The video game No More Heroes follows protagonist Travis Touchdown as he works his way to become the number one assassin in the world. In the game, Touchdown is a fan of wrestling, which can be seen through his collection of professional wrestling collectibles, his optional leotard outfit, and the variety of wrestling moves he can perform during combat. Paul. Paul. He actually wants to become the number two assassin in the world. Didn't say I'm actually. Because number one is too much pressure. No, and you also didn't say I'm actually. Fuck. Matt. Matt. Um, Actually, his name's not Travis. His name is Travis. Damn it. You're never going to become the number one assassin in the world with the name Travis. <laughs> uh, Paul? Paul. Um, Actually, the video game is called No, comma, More Heroes. <laughs> it's no it's a grammatical... <laughs> <laughs> I've grammatically spelled this incorrectly. Uh, no, but it is called No More Heroes. Mm. Matt. Matt. Um, actually, there is no optional leotard outfit. You got it. Yeah. Wow. You got it, Matt. Uh, he, he. Yeah, he doesn't have a leotard. I'll say that one seemed like maybe a little bit of a stretch. It may be like unlike those leotards. That one is it? or like like those leotards. <laughs> I guess that's probably the better way to put it. It would take some of his credibility away, I think, yeah. if he was an assassin, if he was like, and now I'm here in my singlet. Yeah. You, he also, like, his feature weapon is a beam katana. It's kind of like a lightsaber, but it, like, I don't know. For legal reasons, For it's legal not. reasons, it's not. And it, like, has more metal, I guess. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it'd be really funny, like, I'm going to be the number one assassin in my leotard and beam katana. Mm. All right. We'll move over to statement five. Wrestling is a complex board game with many parts that simulates the rough-and-tumble world of professional wrestling. The game features generic wrestlers like the Mastermind, the Cyclops, the Twins, who are a pair of conjoined twins, and also Macho Man Randy Savage, as they wreak havoc Matt. upon... E- Matt. I'm um, Actually, Macho Man is not in that game. Macho Man is in wrestling. What? Can you believe it? That they got his likeness. That very unlikely to me, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> Paul. Paul. Um, actually, the twins are not conjoined. The twins are 100% conjoined. <laughs> they are coming apart. <laughs> uh, for the audience, I will continue the question. Oh, yeah. um, as they wreak havoc upon one another by means of flicking paper pawns at each other on a small cardboard wrestling ring, along with a modified version of rock, paper, scissors. Paul. Paul. Um, actually, there is no modified version of rock, paper, scissors. It is a modified version of rock, paper, scissors, wherein you don't use rock, paper, scissors. You use like three different wrestling moves. That sounds like it'd probably be really hard to say <laughs> as smoothly as rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Paul. Paul. Um, actually, it's called wrestling, not wrestling. 
No, it is called Raslin with the apostrophe at the end. All right. Well, I have uh, no idea. <laughs> uh, Matt. Matt. Um, actually, the pawns aren't made of paper. They are made of paper. Well, I got nothing. All right. <laughs> uh, um, actually, Raslin is not a complex board game with many parts. It is a bunch of small pieces of paper. That seems you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that seems up to opinion. Yeah, like my three-year-old niece is gonna be like, "Well, this is complex." <laughs> well, that's what it is. Mm. It's not right. complex. Matt and I are not a lot of parts. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Right. we're gonna be new twins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are. Uh, it's it's zero to two, I believe. Sure. Uh, Paul zero, Matt two, and we are moving on to the second half of this game. Oh no! I'm feeling which, good about this half, <laughs> in which we are going to multiple choice. Are we still uh, buzzing in? You are still buzzing in. All right. Um, the way it works is I will show you a wrestler from Kanikuman. Uh, or okay. its sequel, uh, which I know in the U.S. as Ultimate Muscle. We are going to be trying. Your your goal is to guess the English name of these wrestlers. I feel like Zebra is going to be pretty easy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so here we go with wrestler number one. <laughs> your options are A. Booty Boy. <laughs> B. Daring Derriere. C, Monsieur <laughs> Cheeks, or D, Buttman? Paul. Paul. D, Buttman. Ooh, too bad. No, it is not Buttman. Wow. Matt. Matt. B, Daring Derriere. Ooh, too bad. It is not Daring Derriere. Paul. Paul. Booty Boy. Ooh, too bad. It is not Booty oh, Boy. Damn Matt. It. Monsieur Matt. Cheeks. It is, in fact, Monsieur <laughs> Cheeks. <Got it. laughs> Wow, uh, is I that guess, a butt man, though? Yeah. That's just a butt <laughs> It is a, a very... I'll put these pictures up on Twitter or something, but it is a very muscular man with a literal butt for a head and yeah. no other features except for eyes. No, yeah, from the neck down, just regular muscle man and then neck uh, up. That's just butt. A big butt. <laughs> Do you think he has a face on his ass? Oh, like, like on a the Voldemort? other side? Yeah. Oh, you mean on the bottom? Yeah, no, or maybe like Voldemort. I don't know. But where yeah, his I'm, nose and mouth are. Where his ass would be. Yeah. I mean, right. Otherwise, how does he eat? Who knows? How does he poop? Oh, we'll never know. I, I mean, is there not like an, an issue talking about? Is there not a whole back issue diving into I honestly into don't know how featured he is. A lot of these, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, are minor wrestlers. All right. Uh, let's move on to wrestler number two. Wrestler number two looks like this. It's a, an orange man with uh, some some blue accents. He looks like if somebody took the Noid and like beefed him up a lot. <laughs> Strong Noid, yes. Yeah. It's like so, beautiful Joe, the Noid, and some drill bits <laughs> had a baby. Yeah. Uh, so is his name A, Drill Deer, B, Dick Dick Van Dick, <laughs> C, Muscle Moose, or D, The Angry Antelope? Paul. Paul. I'm going to go with Drill Deer. Ooh, too bad. It is not Drill Deer. Oh, Damn. Matt. Matt. Dick Dick Van Dick. You got it. It is, in fact, yes. Dick Dick Van Dick. Wow. Yes. That was like, for me, I think on the last one, I was like, we, we both were like, clearly it's not Monster Cheeks. <laughs> it's clearly not that one. So on this one, I was like, it's definitely not Dick Dick Van Dick. But maybe it is. <laughs> it is. That is his English name. Yes. Wow. Uh, I think, I don't remember what his Japanese name is, but it was something that I was like, a lot of their names are just so straightforward. <laughs> like, I think this guy was like Antelope Man. Like, I think that was his Japanese name. Well, it's also like, 
a dick dick is such a weird animal to base a character I on. don't it's well yeah also like I think that was purely localization like whoever was in charge of translating this was like I know what a dick dick is and I'm never going to be able to use this knowledge ever again <laughs> it's going in it's going in the show they also went for like a weird almost dick van dyke pun that might be also <laughs> part of it alright let's move on to wrestler number three Ha! All right. Another strong man, blue okay. shorts, red gloves, red boots, uh, but with just an American flag pattern image for a face. Is his name A, Bulk <laughs> Bogan, B, Americam, C, Mr. American, or D, Stars and Stripes? Matt. Matt. Bulk Bogan. Ooh, too bad. It is not Bulk Bogan. I went for the same strategy of last time, <laughs> but the least likely. Uh, Paul. Paul. I'm going to say Americam. Ooh, too bad. It is not Americam. Uh, wow. Matt. Matt. Mr. American. You got it. It is Mr. Right. American. Yeah. I know nothing about this wrestler other than he is so minor <laughs> that like this is the only artwork of him. Oh. Very I feel like that it's not a mask. Like, his face is just an American flag. It probably might just be it. Knowing this, it probably is just his face. Yeah, because there's no eye holes or mouth holes or anything like that. So it's just, that's his head. Mm -hmm. He survives off patriotism and patriotism alone. (laughs) It's weird to think of these people being born as, uh, like, normal humans and if they just hadn't gone into wrestling. (laughs) I believe a lot of... This guy's like an accountant or something. I believe a lot of these, especially the really weird ones, are, like, considered demons or something from like another I mean, planet man's definitely a demon <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean miss your cheeks oh yeah sorry <laughs> all right let's go to wrestler number four. Ooh, uh, a robot a robot sign for a head he's got some traffic lights on him is he a road rage b signal surfer c traffic jam or d guardrail oh, those paul. are also good paul road rage Got it. That is correct. Oh, His name yeah. is Road nice. Rage. He's just he I, another weird demon guy that's just a bunch of traffic signs and that yeah. I like him. He's a good one. Yeah, he's, I this this is I imagine what wrestling Paul is like. <laughs> just, <laughs> just all, just all hard like, pieces. Yeah. Yeah, just all skinny, hard, pointy edges. <laughs> all right. And we are moving to the final oh. wrestler. Here he is, a, another strong man. Bearing an uncanny resemblance to a, a Nokia phone. And this is different than our other ones, whereas it's not just his head, his entire torso. It is his entire torso, yes. And like I if, believe there are some eyes peeking out. Yes. If you took like a Nokia phone and then took like He-Man's arms and legs and just kind of glued them where you think they should go, yep. that is what this wrestler looks like. Is his name A, Teleman, B, Jack Phone Jack, <laughs> C, Cold Collar, or D, Dialbolic. Matt. Matt. Jack Phone Jack. Ooh, too bad. It's not Jack ah. Phone Jack. Paul. Paul. Dialbolic. You got it. It ah. is Dialbolic, yes. My new strategy for this was to think of things that I don't think that you would come That's up with. That's what I was trying to do, too. <laughs> I was like, Jack Phone Jack is pretty good. I wonder if he came up with that one. And Yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, that's the game. I, for, I had I two stopped. points. Two points. I think Matt. I guess had, I must have had three if we played five rounds of this, or maybe did we just not get one? Did we tie? No, on this you, round? you would have had three. I think you would have had three. All right. 
Something like that. Combined with your other from the first I know coming round. in. I, think that's I won the first this. round half of this game thing. Yes. For sure. Either so way, I think I, I take home the belt regardless. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was going to put a thing on my phone to keep track of score, and then I forgot to. So we'll find out when I edit who won. <laughs> I think we all know. It was Matt. It was probably Matt. We just don't know how, like, how much. By, by, how, much. by what margin did Matt win? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was honestly the hardest part was just like, I got to think up of convincing names You're for very good. all of these yeah. wrestlers. Uh, you got, you got, I think there was very few that we got on the first try. And that was blind luck, pretty much. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. like, oh, well, the rest of these names suck. So clearly it's that one. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple that we, like, it took us until the very last one. Mm-hmm. So if anything, the, they were bad at naming things. That's true. Monster Cheeks is... Not my favorite. Uh-uh. <laughs> but man, all the way. Yeah. Or He's definitely, he can be. boy. He, I think can be, the other one. Yeah. he can be butt man to us. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, that's it for this game has no name. And also that's it for this episode. Thanks so much, Matt, for coming back. Oh, yeah. Thanks and for doing, having me. Doing another, uh, doing another episode with us. Sharing with us your your wealth of knowledge about wrestling. I think I'm out of things now. <laughs> I think I, I, I had Star Wars. I had wrestling. We talked a lot about Muppets on this one, so I might be out of things. We'll I'll never be back. We'll find something else. We'll make something up. Ooh, I'll just come on here and act like an expert about something that nobody knows anything. Yeah, about. let's do that. That'd be a pretty fun episode, honestly. <laughs> I don't, my my uh, bullshit muscles are not that strong. I would <laughs> I would not be able to improv an entire hour long lie. It'd be, it'd be a good experiment. You never know. We'll, we'll workshop it. Just come on here and convince you guys for like a TV show in the late 80s that existed that like, like yeah, you you youngins wouldn't know about <laughs> Captain Ranger Pants. I mean, what was that other one? Hey Dave or whatever. Hey Dave. Dude. Oh, I mean, hey, that sounds exactly like that to us because I don't think either of us <laughs> I, know about it I've at never all. heard of it, so you I, could. I could come on here and do a whole thing about how much I love Hey Dude and not <laughs> know anything about Hey Dude. It's nostalgic to someone and that's fair game. Uh, I guess if you have any thoughts about wrestling that you would like to share with us, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at NES underscore pod, or you can send us an email, nostalgicsystempodcast at gmail.com. And of course, support for the show can be given on my favorite website, patreon.com slash NES underscore pod. Matt, tell us about commitment and anything else that you would like to plug. Uh, yeah, Commitment's the main thing. It's my podcast with my friend Sam Schultz, where we just talk about Muppets every single week. Uh, we're on like 15 episodes now or something like that. Going pretty strong. Haven't missed a week. Feeling good about that so far. I'm sure we'll skip one in the future. Uh, I'm also occasionally on another podcast called Cooler Than Homework, where it's a very nostalgic podcast. We're going back and watching uh, Disney Channel original movies. That one's like like a once of season podcast at this point. It's very infrequent. Um, but we just released a new episode about luck of the Irish recently. So you can go check out that one. Uh, yeah. And then you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Gatos, or you can find commitment on Twitter at commitment pod. Wow. Check out all those things. I listen to commitment a lot when I'm doing stuff and you don't even watch Muppet stuff look at I don't that. even watch Muppet stuff I just want to hear my friends talk about Muppets boom if you there want you to have your new friends Matt and Sam talk to you about <laughs> Muppets listen to commitment listen there's so many Muppets you can google like Thog <laughs> that one dragon yeah we'll the, teach the you one all that, new Muppets to hate the one that looks like Grimace see I know all of them <laughs> <laughs> I mean I know exactly which ones you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about the LaChoy dragon and Splurge yeah see Perfect. Yeah. Paul, is there anything that you would like to plug? No. All right, cool. 
Thank you to Moonraker Music for composing our theme song, Scanlines. You can find them on the internet at Moonraker or at Moonraker Music. That's Moon, R-A-Y-K-E-R. Paul, what's next week's episode then? We're talking pogs, baby. Nice. That's it. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Nostalgia Entertainment System, brought to you by listeners like Joe.